Hi, hello, my name is Chris, Christopher Onyedema, and it's a real pleasure to be bringing you God's Word again today. Um, I'm going to be carrying on our sermon series, Dunamis, a Greek word meaning power. Um, as we look at the book of Ephesians, we unpack God's Word in the Apostle Paul's letter to the people of Ephesians. Um, last week, Raj touched on how this passage, this whole book of Ephesians is like an espresso shot. It's so rich in and full of, of truth. Um, and in this chapter uh, um, that I'm going to go through, Paul almost starts to get down to the business side of things. In chapter one, he describes in his letter of, 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 of how blessed we are. Uh, how we're blessed by God and all that God has prepared and predestined us for. Um, but as we get down into uh, chapter two, he does start to get into the business end of things. And so um, today I'm going to be speaking from Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 to 22. So if you have your Bibles with you, um, let's turn to Ephesians 2, 11 to 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Amen, that's God's word. You see, the Apostle Paul starts in that section of the letter by reminding, he starts by painting this picture, reminding the people of Ephesians of what they once were. He paints this, this picture of, this is who you once were. Um, a few years ago, myself and my wife, we, we bought a house. Bought a house in, in, in Stockton, beautiful sunny Stockton. And when we bought the house, let me say it was one of those houses that just needed everything doing to it. You could refer it to it as a, a fixer-upper. And so ever since we've moved into that house, we've been renovating, doing a lot of DIY, changing, fixing things around the house to make it look better and more to our acquired taste. 
And one thing I've been really enjoying is um, looking at pictures. For those who know me, I take a lot of pictures and videos. Um, it, it's, a, it's a common thing with 21st century, you get your phone out at any given opportunity. And so I take a lot of pictures. Um, and as we've been doing this renovation, I've been taking a lot of pictures. And recently I've been looking at the before and the after pictures. And it's absolutely amazing to see what the house looked like before. And then we go through the whole transformation DIY phase. And then what it looks like now. It's a picture of our living room with the carpets down and what it looks like when the old person owned the, owned the house. And there's what it looks like now with nice, lovely laminate floor and I can slide around in my socks. I love it. And you see, that's the exact picture Paul was painting as he starts this letter, this section of his letter off. He starts with, therefore, remember who you were formerly. Remember that you were formerly Gentiles by birth. You were called uncircumcised. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ. You had no citizenship in Israel. And you were without hope, without God in the world. Paul is painting a picture to the people of Ephesians of who they were before. And so the first point I'd like to get into um, this morning is titled Before and After before and after. You see, if we go back to the beginning, the very beginning as we believe, Adam and Eve, and when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, they not only rebelled against God, but they also betrayed his goodness. They separated themselves from his rule. Adam and Eve turned their back on God towards the enemy. They surrendered themselves to the world of sin. And by doing this, they created a gap, a separation between them and God. And then they passed that on to all who would come after them. Romans 5.12 tells us that in Adam we all sinned. And so in this chapter, Paul is presenting a picture to the people of Ephesians of what they formerly looked like. This is who you were, remember. You were once Gentile by birth, slaved to your sins, distant from God. And you see, with Jews and Gentiles back then, there was a lot of religious and cultural barriers between them that kept them apart. They were two different people groups. The Jews would use words like Gentiles, unbelievers, to refer to non-Jews, people who, who, didn't, who didn't believe in the God of Israel at the time. People who were distant from God. And so therefore, there was that gap, that separation created. And in order for anyone, anyone to be right, to be in the right relationship with God, that gap, that distance would need to be removed. The relationship would need to be reconciled, fixed, restored, transformed. And here's where we see the amazing power, dynamis of God. Paul writes in verse 13, uh, Ephesians 2.13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near 
through the blood of Christ. Amen. This right here is the amazing gospel, the amazing good news. We have been brought closer, near through the blood of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed and behold, the new has come. You see, the life and death of Jesus Christ bridged that gap between us and God. It reconciled us with God. Reconciliation, coming together, is the gospel. This is who we once were, but the dunamis, the power of God has brought us near. And that applies to all of us. That applies to me and you. We were all once far away, but because of Jesus Christ, we are made new. The power of God has brought us near, reconciled us. Isn't that amazing? But you see, the passage doesn't stop there. That's just three verses. It doesn't stop there. There's more to it. There's a purpose to this newness which we receive. This bringing together has a purpose. It has a reason. And that's where Paul starts off with this section with therefore. You see, this is my second time preaching now and I've started to take notes and tips you know, where I've heard other Bible teachers say, when you see the therefore, you need to find what the therefore is there for. And so that's the before and after. Paul starts, to, starts by reminding us, this is who you once, you're once like. And then there's an amazing dynamis, power of God, which transforms us. We're now in Christ, the new creation, brings us near, reconciles us with our Heavenly Father. So therefore, therefore, which will take me to my next point. I'm going to talk about destroying dividing walls or barriers. Destroying dividing walls. So bear with me whilst I go back to um, the house analogy. Um, so in our house, I mentioned before, we bought a house, myself and my wife, and um, we were trying to do it up. And in our house, we've got the kitchen. You walk in, you go to the back of the house, there's a kitchen, and then there's a dividing wall. There's a wall that separates it. And on the other side of that wall, we have the dining room. And our plan, our grand idea, is ideally to remove that wall that separates those two rooms and bring them together to make a bigger kitchen dining area. This is the idea. I mean, it's 2021 now, like every house has one of those open plan kitchen diner. Everyone's got one. And you see, that's what we wanna achieve. And if we carry on reading in um, this passage, Paul writes in verse 14 to 15, he says, for he himself, God, is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barriers the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations his purpose was to create it was to create in himself one new man out of two thus making peace jubilee let me tell you God is destroying walls in our cities today. Amen. 
He's not only, he's not replacing them. He's not shifting them. He's destroying them. That's what the Bible says. See, I work in IT. I'm a software developer. And um, there's a policy when we're writing our code and developing software that data is never truly deleted. When a user clicks delete my account, the information isn't deleted. It's put to one side as it were and some of you might know this already if you're on Facebook a few years ago I was on Facebook and I tried to come off delete my account click and you see it wasn't never deleted I could go back six months later and I could log back in and pick off right where I left off that data wasn't deleted but you see when the Bible here talks about God destroying dividing walls of hostility it means he's absolutely removing it like it never existed like it was never there like I never had that account on Facebook destroying it God is doing that in our towns and cities today between the rich and the poor between the old and the young educated non-educated between citizens and non-citizens or asylum seekers between the blacks and the whites and the Asians. God is destroying dividing walls and barriers. He's breaking down those barriers, making us a new man, making a new man out of both. We are brought near to God, reconciled with him so that we can therefore reconcile with others. That's how he's doing it. That is the therefore. See, the word reconcile comes from the root meaning to change, to exchange. And that's rather than the opposite, which is hostile, where you're estranged, you avoid communication. One of my favourite sayings of recent has been, God is building his church, building his people. You see, we live in a world where there is a lot of hostility, unfortunately. A lot of division, a lot of discrimination. About a year ago today, on the 25th of May 2020, there was um, a cry. And bear with me as I get serious a little bit. There was a cry which was heard not just in multiple countries. But a cry which I believe was heard in heaven itself. See, this cry was from a man called George Floyd. Who, with his last breaths, he cried, I can't breathe. And you see, what happened that day sparked a further outcry from a community of people. A deep cry of pain, frustration, anger. Frustration that years of ongoing cultural, social, racial oppression, discrimination, division in our world. And this resonated with me deeply as I thought about other black people in places of work who might go through the same issues. I can't breathe. For other black or ethnic minority brothers and sisters who might be harassed 
on the streets, even by the police or other people. I can't breathe. Or even in our churches. When I think about how diverse or lack of it the church really is. I can't breathe. See Jubilee, it's important that we as God's people understand where we once were. Our before and after. And how through Christ and the power, the dynamis of Christ alone, we are brought closer. We are reconciled. And this isn't some kind of spiritual bridge that's created where all our prayers and and, and offerings will pass through to get to God. We're actually ushered into the presence of the Father. Where we can tell him whatever's troubling us. Jesus has made peace and brought us closer to him. See, but also we're not just reconciled with God. We're reconciled to the people around us. So we, as the bride of Christ, the church, we can be witnesses to the world of God's true love. There's a coming together that needs to happen with the people around us to make us one new man. That's God's plan. That's his purpose. That's the therefore. Chapter 2, verse 16 in Ephesians says, And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. As Christians reconciled with God, we are called to reflect that out to the people around us, to be witnesses to, 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 to to those in our churches, in our schools, in our workplaces. The reconciliation that brought us peace with God should be the, the core of what of, of, of our reconciliation with each other. It should be the, the, the what triggers us to treat each other with love, to love our neighbours as we love ourselves, regardless of their background. You see, the Bible teaches one very simple principle, which is what we receive from God, we're called to offer to others. And so as we've been reconciled, brought closer, brought nearer to our heavenly father, as we as we have had destroyed as as he had destroyed the walls of hostility, the racism, the discrimination, we must now be the instruments of reconciliation in the communities that we live in, in the everyday lives. And more importantly, in the church. Um, Owen Hilton, who's a a church leader and and author, writes in his book, Crossing the Divide. He says this in the book. God removed the barriers that existed not only between us and God, but between us and other people. The work of God, the work of the cross... Has not just about, is not just about my individual relationship with God being restored, but also about my relationship with my fellow man. The cross has removed the barriers that exist between people, 
Jesus did not break down the wall so that we could say hi from across the divide or continue to live with barriers and walls between us. He broke down the wall and brought people together and made us family, fellow citizens, members of his household. He removed the barriers so that we might love and serve one another as he encourages his disciples to do and so that we might be one just as he is one. And so let's press on. God has divided the walls of hostility, broken the barrier, destroyed it. We as individuals and corporately as a church have peace. We're reconciled with God and each other. And so lastly, I wanna look at the bigger picture. The big picture, the last section of Ephesians reads like this, consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You see, Paul here paints a picture of this grand building, this holy temple. Not like the small house in Stockton that I've been talking to you guys about. He paints a picture of this grand holy temple being built by God where the foundations are the very teachings of the apostles and prophets, the solid ground being the scripture. And that's why as Christians, we hold value in scripture really highly because it gives us that firm foundation. And then we have Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, the most important piece of this foundation. Let me tell you, Jubilee, God is building his church his family, his household. And with a foundation like that, let me tell you, that's gonna be an unshakable house. This is the bigger picture for us. As God's people sealed by the whole, with the Holy Spirit. We're not just house guests or servants in this house. I think about my own kids. You know, I have a house. They're not house guests in my house. They don't visit their, their bedrooms or, 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 or guests in the dining room when we have our dinner. The Bible says we have been adopted now as family members, children of the Father. Amen. See, Jubilee, the church is a family. You may have heard this saying before, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. The church is a family. It's not just an exclusive club of people who are raised just like you or people who have a certain level of education or live in areas right next to you or areas that are, that are nice or come from a, a particular race, culture or social class or background. The church is a family. It's a place for all different people from different walks of life, different race, different age, gender. And we don't pick or choose who gets to be part of the church. 
but we are called to love others we're called to love each other to be reconciled with each other why because we have all been chosen elected by the father to be his family and that last part of 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 ephesians 2 verse 22 says and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which god lives by his spirit you and i are not built for an individual christianity a lone ranger christianity i want to be by myself it's me and my god We're not built for that. We're built together to be reconciled with each other. It can't be, it can be really hard sometimes actually. You know, why do I have to be friends with them? Why do I have to invite them over for dinner? Why? Lord, leave me alone. I want to be by myself. This whole building thing that you're referring to is too hard for me. We can have several reasons of how hard and uncomfortable it is to be reconciled with each other. But you see, the bigger picture is being built together, like Paul describes here. It's not an option for us. It's not, it's not something that benefits us. It's God's plan. It's God's grand idea. We are joined together for a purpose that's, that's, that's way bigger than anything that we can imagine. We're joined together from different nations, languages, race, age, gender, social background to create something that's far beyond ourselves. It's not for our benefit. And though there is some benefits and some amazing benefits for to to, to have a a very diverse uh, church. But ultimately, it's God's purpose. It's his plan, his big picture. God wants us to be part of his holy temple, his household, for his purpose. So he can dwell in us. He can, me and you and other people in our community, so God can come and live by his spirit and make himself known. So let me encourage you today, Jubilee. As we come out of lockdown, as we start to venture out and meet other people, we come back into communication and contact with other people. How are you living a life for others around you? How are you coming together with others around you? What barriers, dividing walls do you see the power, the dynamics of God breaking down today to reconcile you with others in your community? on your road, at work, at school, in your church. I want to just finish by reading Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 and it says, After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for your great love. I thank you for your power that has brought us near to you, that has reconciled us. Lord, I pray that in our hearts we can truly 
live out your love. We can truly be witnesses of what it's like to be in God's family. Lord, I pray that we can learn to be reconciled with each other as we come out of this lockdown period, that we can truly, we can truly cling to your word, scripture, that calls us to be witnesses of the family of God, to be witnesses of your love. Lord, I pray for a multicolored church. I pray that your idea of, of family is far beyond what we can imag- imagine. And I pray that you impart on us that, that idea, that vision of a vast, multicultural, diverse family. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for listening.